My name is um, Nick, and I want to welcome you right at the very start of the week. Um, I'm going to be helping to, to host this and, and lead this throughout the week with my wife, Mel. Mel, just give a wave. And um, we are really, really looking forward to, to working with you guys throughout the week on this particular seminar stream. We've got some, some good speakers lined up throughout the week as well, and um, we're hoping and praying that God will really do some stuff amongst us while we're all together. Um, just so you know, um, I and my wife and my family, we, we live in Gloucester. So we're in Gloucester via London. So we relocated from, from London about three years ago. And we have four children, um, one of whom is at university, just finishing her, her, first, her first year. And our, our younger three are with us here. I won't point them out because I've seen one of them in here. I don't want to embarrass him. Um, but we have twin boys and a, a young girl, and she's, she's nine, and they're all here. We're enjoying the weather so far, which has been brilliant, hasn't it? Okay, so for those of you who were here last year at New Day, um, you would know that there was a, a, a big project going on called Who Cares? Are you aware of that? Yeah? Okay, well, as part of that project, the team did a, a, a massive survey in Norfolk, where I think they interviewed or surveyed several thousands of people and they asked them the question what hurts the most and and out of that many answers came back in terms of what people felt hurt them the most in life but, but what the new day team then did they actually thought it'd be good to come back on site and give young people on site the opportunity to ask the same question which they did in the prayer zone and the results were huge loads of young people responded and what what they found was some very um, big questions came out in terms of the issues that young people were facing. And, and that's really why the Life Hurts stream has been put on. It's been put on to, the aim is to address some of those hurts that young people like yourselves said were hurts that they face in life. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing this week. But it's not all going to be depressing. Okay? Um, the idea is that we're going to look at the life's hurts because in reality life does hurt but, but we're going to do that in the context of the fact that we live for and we know and we believe and we trust in a very, very loving and good God. And we want to really keep that as a focus as we're going through the week just to kind of be aware of that. And, and, and it's already been mentioned today in the, in the big top if you're in the 15, the 15 to 18s meeting you would have heard that. That actually... Although we come to God and we, you know, we, we, we worship God and we, we experience, you know, at the same time we do experience difficulty as well. But God is good and that doesn't change. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to do it by looking at the life of Abraham. Yeah, so life hurts is all going to be done in the context of a guy called Abraham who many of you know was a very popular character in the Old Testament. Um, in fact, he was... Um, a man who knew God's goodness on the one hand, but he also faced some really challenging situations in life. So we thought it'd be good to kind of look at life hurts through that. All right, so like I said, we're going to do it through the life of Abraham. We've got a number of speakers, and we're going to try and do it by looking at a number of questions. So this week, what we'll do, I'm going to start today by looking at God's promises. And the question there is, in a sense, how does God see me? Now, I'm going to cheat and say right up front, I'm not going to answer that question until right at the very end, because there are some other things that I want us to look at leading up to that. But, but how does God see me is one of the questions that we're going to be looking at. Then we're going to be looking at the question, why is this happening to me? 
and um, a lady called Katie is going to pick that up tomorrow. Um, in your fly, it would say I'm doing it. Um, that's wrong. I'm not Katie. I'm Nick. Um, but Katie will do that tomorrow. And she's going to be looking at the, 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 the issue of bullying and mistreatment. So she'll do that tomorrow. Um, then the following day, we've got the question, where is God in all of this? And um, that's going to be shared. A guy called Phil Wilthy is going to speak on that one. And, and he's going to be looking at the whole issue of rejection and abandonment. And then following that, we're going to be looking at the question, who is in control of my life? Um, which is very much about, in a sense, the struggle for independence, um, which, which, which many people can experience. Um, but particularly during adolescence, that can be a difficult stage to go through. And Owen Hilton's going to be speaking on that one for us. And then finally, we're going to have um, how do I move forward from here, which is going to be looking at the whole issue of heartache and loss and grief. So, and that's going to be done by my wife, Mel. So throughout the week, we're going to be covering some, some, big, some, big, some big ones. And um, I, I think it's really important to say from the outset that we want you to, to be aware of that. Um, but as I said, we want to kind of put it in the context of the fact that we, we, we love and, and know this really good God who, who, is, who, is, who is going to be with us for it all. You probably notice next door, we've got a prayer zone. And one of the things we want to really encourage you to do is, is access that. Um, throughout the week, there will be ministry team in there, Red Caps will be there all week, and they are, they're going to be dedicated to that space. So at any given time throughout the day, when it's open, you are free and welcome and invited to go in there, get some time, pray, um, have one of the guys pray with you, speak with you about anything that you feel God might be talking to you about in your heart, anything that you might be wrestling with, any other questions you may have. And the guys will be more than willing to help you through that if you just go throughout the week. We want you to go away at the end of the week, not only with a sense of, yep, the reality of life can sometimes be, be hard, but also confident that in any situation you're facing, God is with you. It's important to say right from the outset as well that when we cover subjects like this, the expect, uh, to manage our expectations, okay? These can be quite emotive subjects and they can stir things up in us and, you know, all manner of things can happen. And we want to just kind of start by saying two things. That actually, yes, life hurts and there can be some difficulties in life. And actually, regardless of your race, your background, your age, your size whether you're even of faith or not, life does hurt. Um, in fact, the Bible says that, you know, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, whether, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, life will hurt at times. That's just the reality of it. But on the other hand, we also want to point out the fact that although life hurts, God is good. God is, come on guys, God is, okay, and I want us to remember that. And the Bible says that the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. And we say that up front because it's important that throughout the week you bear those two things in mind. Yes, life hurts, but equally God is good. I just want to pray, and then um, I'm going to crack on. Can you just close your eyes with me? 
Father, we, we come to you this morning. We come to you at the start of this seminar stream. And we come with an expectation that you will speak to us. We come with an expectation that you will meet with us. We come with an expectation that you will remind us again of your love for us. And that, Lord, you will grow faith in our hearts and increase our awareness so that when we experience difficulties and the hurts of life, we will be confident that you are with us, that you are for us, that you work all things out for our good and for your glory. So help us. Help me today as I open up and help the speakers who are going to follow after me and just help every young person here to be open to what you're saying and to respond. We ask that in Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit here with us. Amen. Okay, I want you to just for a moment think of your life as a two-sided coin. On the one side, you've got the hurts of life. You've got the harsh realities of life. You've got the storms. You've got the wind. You've got the rain. You've got the disappointments, the frustrations, the discouragement. And I want you to then think on the other side of the coin, there is this good, gracious, powerful, mighty, loving, faithful, kind, and compassionate God. I want you to think of your life as being a two-sided coin. Now the reality is that although we can't fully understand when we experience the hurts of life, things happen to us and we're like, what was that about? Why me? Although we can't fully understand all those and although we can't fully understand this great God, they both coexist. They both coexist. And I, and I think what, I, what I'd like you to also do is just is, is think about that throughout this week. They can't be separated. Life's hurts are going to be there throughout the duration of our lives. And it happens to everybody. But equally, God, faithful God, loving God, will be with us forever as we put our trust in him. And it's almost like we can't really fully appreciate one without the other. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been at New Day when it's really chucked it down with rain. Have you been at New Day when it's hammered it down? Yeah? And tents are getting flooded and you're seeing things running down a slope where it's a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit more hilly and it's really, really pelting it down and you're seeing the, the storm clouds coming over and everyone's saying, get back to your tent and zip up before it hits. But then I've also been at New Day, like we've had the last couple of days, where the, the sun is glorious. Even this morning, I sat outside my tent and said, this is glorious, wonderful. Without experiencing those rainy days at New Day, I, to be honest, I wouldn't fully appreciate the sun that we're experiencing now. Likewise, without fully experiencing the sun, I, I, would, I would never actually realize just how challenging it can be when the storms come. And it's very similar to life's hurts and the fact that God is this good, wonderful God in our lives. They coexist and we need to understand that they, in a sense, they help us to see and understand each other. It's funny, that new song that we just sang in the Big Top was brilliant. 
Um, I can't wait till we sing it again when, you know, the line, even through the darkest night, I know that you are with me. Even through the darkest night, I know that you're with me. Even in the lowest valley, your goodness never fails me. There is this sense of our lives being like a two-sided coin where one cannot coexist with the other. Even through the dark times, and they will come, God is constantly with us. He never fails us. Without understanding God's character, we can't come to terms with the idea of him actually using some of these stormy periods in our life for his glory and for our good. I know personally, I've been through some very difficult experiences in my life. As a teenager, when I wasn't actually walking with God, but also as an, as an adult, as I've been journeying with Jesus, I've been through some very difficult times. Some of those have been through my own silly mistakes, admittedly. But there are other times I've been through things and I've been like, what on earth is this about? Why is this happening? Whether it be death or loss of a friend or, you know, a whole range of things. But, but through it all, there is this sense that, God, you're there. God, you are with me. And had, had that not been there, I'm not sure how I would have ever coped. But that's just the reality. So I really want to just say, to be, being able to see life's hurts as one side of a coin and God's good character as the other throughout this week is going to be really, really important. If we're going to be able to walk through the challenges of life with courage and strength and faith and integrity. It's about building character. It's about God displaying through us, through our difficulties, through the way he helps us through. He shows the world that he is with us and that he is good. So what I'd like you to do just for a moment is just, just pause where you are. And I want you to just ask yourself the question, which side of the coin do I most focus on? Do I most focus on the hurts of life? Or do I most focus on the good, loving character of God who is with me through life's hurts? And just ask yourself that right now. Which do you give most focus to? Okay. And maybe throughout the week you can kind of check where you are on that. And the reality is that some of you here will be going through some stuff right now. Maybe you've come in with your youth group, but there's stuff going on at home that you are living with right now. And I want to say this. God knows that. And God is with you right now. And he's going to be with you throughout this week. He's going to be with you throughout this week. And he's going to want to help you, strengthen you, encourage you. So that when you leave this place, you go with a greater sense of confidence that whatever it is you're facing, it will work out for good. Okay, so like I said, we're going to be doing this this week by looking at the life of Abraham. Um, he's been described in the well, he's been described by some commentators as the first great father figure of the Bible. So you kind of get this this image of this, you know, this big guy and he's got a big white beard, you know. But but this is Abraham. Um, he's mentioned over seventy times in the New Testament and occupies almost a third in the chapter of um, the book of Hebrews where he's described as one of um, several heroes of faith 
who we as Christians should kind of look to as our examples. Yeah, now that was a guy of faith. I want to be like him. Abraham is described as one of those characters. But it's really important for us, I think, before we kind of go any further at looking at Abraham's life, which the guys speaking throughout the week are going to unpack some more about, is this. His background... (laughs) Abraham, Abraham didn't come from a background where he was exposed to any lifestyle of faith. I just want to make that really clear. Abraham didn't experience a new day. Abraham didn't experience, um, you know, mum and dad going to church every week. Abraham didn't experience that. In fact, ten generations before Abraham, people weren't following after God. His, his, his grandparents and stuff, they, they weren't following God. In fact, they used to make a practice of worshipping the sun and the moon and man-made idols. Abraham's father did that. He worshipped the sun. He bowed before the sun, got on his hands and knees. Oh, sun. Oh, moon. And man-made idols. So Abraham, just to put into context, he had no exposure to a lifestyle of faith. No exposure whatsoever. And the reason I say that is because despite our background, despite your history, despite your current level of understanding of God or faith or Christ, anything, despite where you find yourself today, despite where you find yourself this week, God has been in the habit over throughout history of breaking into individual people's lives who were seemingly far from him and changing them in order to fulfill his plans. So you may be here and you've had no exposure to a lifestyle of faith whatsoever. Abraham's life story can apply to you too because God can break in and speak to you just as he did to Abraham. And equally, Abraham lived in in a time where culturally people weren't following after God, as I said. Just like we could probably look at our peer group back at your home cities, your hometowns, and you probably find that most of the people in your school aren't necessarily following after God. You might find that you're in the minority. Our culture is very much not focusing on following after God, just as Abraham's generation before him weren't. But yet God spoke changed his life and changed history so that said we need to be open because God will speak to you personally too just as he spoke to many others in the Old Testament whether it was Samuel (laughs) you know uh, he 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 speaks to people he's in the business of doing that he loves to, to break in and speak regardless of where you find yourself And he will do the same for you this week too, if you are open. If you are open. So we encourage you, be open. Okay, so as Abraham's minding his own business, he's got no experience of God at all. He's not seen anybody following after Jesus or God in any way whatsoever. God suddenly comes in and speaks to him. God speaks to him. God speaks when we least expect it. So God comes and he says to Abraham, leave your country. 
He says, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God spoke to Abraham personally. And like I said, it's the same way he wants to speak to you personally too throughout this week. God is near. God is present. And he is keen for us, for us to hear his voice. He's keen for us to be open and attentive to what he's saying to us. And to respond with trust and obedience. In God's presence, he gives us peace. And he gives us joy by making us aware of his good nature, his kindness, his patience, and his love. As we make time to listen to God, he does stuff in our hearts that helps us face the things we're facing throughout life. It also helps us to worship him and trust him more. So again, I say, even with the fun you're going to be having this week at New Day, with all the excitement around sight, make time. Really encourage you, make time to, to be quiet. Come to the prayer zone. Find some time to come and just sit. Use the creative space there. There'll be guys there throughout the week. Just use the creative space and listen as God would want to speak to you. The Bible promises if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. If we draw near to God, if we take a step and say, God, I, I, I want to be close to you. I want to hear from you. I, I want to hear from you, God. He will draw close and he will speak. He will speak. He will show up this week. We know that. We believe he will show up. We believe he will speak. We believe he will actually cause huge promises to be stirred up in your heart. So just like he made a huge promise to Abraham that he will make him into a great nation, that he will bless him, that everyone after him will be blessed, that anyone who kind of curses him will be cursed. God this week wants to stir up huge promises in your heart. He wants to stir up promises he's made over your life. But he's requiring trust and obedience. He's going to come close. He's going to come close and he wants to set you free from some of those things that you're facing in order to release you into the promises that he's got for you. Okay, so secondly, when God speaks, we respond. When God, God speaks, we respond. Now, <laughs> We do respond either way. You might think, well, I don't respond if God speaks, or I do respond. But, but the reality is, when God speaks, we respond because we either obey him or we disobey him. Those are the only two options. There's no middle ground. God speaks, you either obey. God speaks, you either disobey. One or the other. Abraham, when he was instructed to leave his country, to leave his people, and go to a land that he didn't even know of, his response was that he, he packed up and went. He, he packed up and went. He rounded up his family and he said, right, we're off. God has spoken. 
and he responded obediently. And the thing is, it was a time when he was comfortable, he was settled. He's probably living quite comfortably in the land that he was in. God showed up, gave him an instruction, made a huge promise, but that promise would only be fulfilled if he trusted and obeyed. Abram had to trust and he had to obey. Promise came. He had to obey in order for the promise to be fulfilled. So the promise was conditional. Now, just to be clear here, God's love for us isn't conditional. But the promises that he gives are conditional. For us to really for, you know, fulfill and see God's promises for, for, totally fulfilled in our lives, there's a requirement that we, that we trust and we obey. We need to step, we need to, we need to believe him, we need to obey him. His love for us isn't conditional. But, but there are some promises that God has for us which are, which are conditional. Abraham wouldn't have seen the promise fulfilled had he not obeyed and stepped as he was told. He had to leave his country and his people. He would have had to step away from all he had ever known. All his comforts. It would have meant giving up everything and even risking his own life. Because in that time, land, you know, people, it, unlike now, people owning land, um, it, was, it was really, it was, it, that was their kind of main, their main source of living. And to actually walk away from that would have been a huge, huge risk for Abraham and his family. But Abraham trusted and obeyed. And in doing so, he set us an example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Abraham set a great example for us. An example of faith as to what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus himself said, simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. That's quite radical. But what Jesus is saying is that for us to receive God's promises, we need to respond like Abraham responded. We need to be willing to walk away from, what, from all that we've ever known. We need to be willing to do that. It might mean actually walking away from a certain way of thinking. It, it might mean walking away from certain types of behavior. It might mean walking away from um, certain peer groups that, that influence us unhealthily. It might mean just changing the way we think about our difficulties and our challenges and, and, the, and the hurts of life that we face. Changing the way we view them. Or at the very least seeing that actually on, alongside the, lives, the, the hurts that we're facing in life, we have a loving God who is faithful and committed to us. Yes, life hurts, but God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. The Bible tells us that, that God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, life hurts, but we all, and we all face troubles, but God promises to be close to all of those who trust him, all of those who obey him, all of those who are faithful to him, all of those who look to him in time of trouble. 
despite not knowing what God's doing or where he's taking us, his promise to be near and do us good remains true even when we're facing rejection, abandonment, when we're going through heartache or loss, when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling disappointed or discouraged. His promise to be near to us remains the same. It never changes. So when God speaks, we respond. We're either obedient or we're disobedient. But part of this response is learning to see our lives as a two-sided coin. With life's hurt on one side and the good character and nature of God on the other. And actually then knowing that regardless of what we're facing, he's with us through it all. Also what we see from Abraham is actually God speaks and makes things new. God speaks and makes things new. We know from the start of the Bible that, 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 that God spoke things into creation. He said, let there be light, and, and there it was. Um, no one else in history has been capable of doing that and um, creating something out of nothing. That's just what God does. And at a time when Abraham wasn't expecting anything dramatic to happen in his life, God showed up, he gave him an instruction, he made a huge promise of something new that would impact not just Abraham's life, but that would impact humanity for the rest of history. He made this promise that he would make him into a great nation. That through his family line, there'd be a great nation. Through his promise, God spoke something into existence that hadn't yet been. And it was the nation of Israel. It was a nation of Israel. And it was, it, was a, it was a promised nation that would go beyond being a physical people, but that would eventually become a spiritual people, the worldwide church, us. So this great nation was going to be the result of Abraham receiving this promise, trusting God, and being obedient. But you see, unknown to Abraham, his trust and obedience would lead to a turn of events that would shape history. Because through his family line, God had a plan to restore the relationship with mankind that had been damaged by Adam and Eve's disobedience in the Garden of Eden right at the start. Their disobedience caused sin to enter the world. And as a result of sin, that's when life's hurts began. If it wasn't for sin, we wouldn't be experiencing the hurts of life that we do. But they were disobedient. And in their disobedience, this thing called sin crept in. Life's hurts began. It all went wrong right from that moment of disobedience. It wasn't just hurts of the, of, throughout history that they, their disobedience caused, but actually the hurts we face now and also hurts that we'll experience and see in the future. But the Bible says... God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. But again, it's this sense that it's those who trust in the Lord. They're the ones who will renew their strength. Those who trust in the Lord. Not those who try and 
do it in their own strength, not those who try and just muster their way through. It's those who trust in the Lord. God helps them. God's plan is to make us new. That's what that promise was about. That promise to Abraham of this great nation through which Jesus Christ would be born, through which we can receive salvation, through which we can receive hope of a future, life eternal, power by the Holy Spirit to overcome the sins that tempt us each day. It was through Abraham's obedience that that all started. And that's what God requires of us. He requires obedience so that the promises that he has for us can be realized. He requires a deep trust so that all the promises he has for us can be realized. The promises are realized when we actually trust him and when we obey. And that can be so hard. That can be so hard because naturally we want to do it our way. Naturally, we, we feel we know best. Naturally, if someone says go left, there's something in us that just wants to go right. But God is requiring something different from us, from you, from this generation. He wants you to be so different. He's saying, will you trust me? Will you obey me? And in your trust and obedience of me, will you then lay hold, take hold of the promises I have for you? that you will continue to be part of this great nation that is reaching the nations. With this wonderful news of the gospel, of this Jesus that came into the world to die for you, to be raised from the dead, raised from the grave so that you could have new life. God spoke to Abraham in a promise and he made things new. Because through that promise, Jesus was going to come. So that we could all be new creations. We could all have life to the full, life abundantly. And it's also through that promise that actually God being with us, we can then face those hurts. The promised Holy Spirit who's with us as our comforter is the one who helps us through these hurts. He's the one who counsels us through. He's the counsellor, a wonderful counsellor. So in our moments with him alone, as we spend time in God's word, as we speak to godly people who love Christ with all their heart and who are filled with the spirit and they speak to us in times of difficulty and they give us advice and encouragement. That's what it's about. That's how we face the hurts of life. That's what that promise was about. The Apostle Peter, um, he wrote a letter and, and he wrote two. And one of, the, one of the things he says about life's hurts, which I think summarizes it really well. Um, but I also find, I've actually found in times when it's been difficult for me, a real encouragement as well. Peter says this. Um, he says, after you suffer a short time, and he's talking about the hurts of life. Yeah, the real realities of life that are difficult. After you suffer a short time, 
God, who gives all grace, will make everything right. He will make you strong and support you and keep you from falling. I absolutely love that because he's talking about the context of suffering and hardship and, and stuff for, being a, for following Jesus. And he's saying after you have suffered a while. He's not saying if you suffer a while. He's saying the reality is you are going to. You're going to. We all are. In different ways and it will look different for everybody but we all will. But he says after you've suffered a short time God who gives all grace will make everything right. And he himself will make you strong and support you. And stop you from falling. There is this sense that when we go through life's hurts, there's something quite, in a bizarre way, (laughs) there's something about that for which we should rejoice. That actually in it, we can be joyful. In fact, James, another another book in the Bible, a guy called James actually said, when when we're going through difficult times, we should should in fact count count it an opportunity to be joyful. Now that sounds really bizarre. When we're in the midst of a crazy time and things are really hurting, to consider being joy, really? This hurts. This really hurts. But what he's saying is count, consider it an opportunity to be joyful. Why? Because we are, joy- we are in a sense, we're associating, we are, we are being like Jesus, we're experiencing what Jesus went through and we know that he's with us. Jesus himself suffered. And he said that we'll experience life's hurts as well. We too will experience tough times and points where we feel mistreated or bullied or rejected or abandoned. And we will. He was rejected. Jesus was rejected, wasn't he? People mocked him. He was abandoned by those he felt were his closest friends. Those he walked with and talked with and ate with and fellowshiped with for all three odd years they at the time when he probably needed the most they they went to sleep they walked off they abandoned him so jesus knows exactly what it's like when we experience and life hurts he knows so when we're experiencing these things there's a sense that actually let's consider it an opportunity for to be joyful in it because actually we're identifying with jesus we're identifying with the one who went through it all for us. And he endured it all for us. He endured it all for us. There's something about us going through life's hurts that enables everybody around us to see Jesus. When we go through life's hurts well, Life's hurts well. It gives the, everybody around us an opportunity to see Jesus at work in our lives. It's almost like God saying, you know what? I know it's tough, but for this little while, for this little time that you're going to suffer and experience this stuff, I want you to do it with a good attitude, with a good heart, with a good, a good way of thinking. Because actually, while you're going through this, I'm showing off my power my grace, my love, my kindness to everyone who's watching you go through it and seeing you manage it the way you manage it. 
Not that you're managing it in your own strength and saying, oh, look at me, I can deal with this. But that you're turning to me. You're saying, I trust you, God, in this. I believe that you are good. And I believe that you are glorifying your son through this. Through what I'm experiencing. And you know what? I count it a privilege. <laughs> I count it a privilege to be able to go through this experience in order that other people can see Jesus in me. That's what God's looking for. That's why he requires our trust and he requires our obedience. See, all of life's hurts are the result of sin. But God and his love through Abraham's family sent Jesus to die to make things new. To make all things new for those who trust and obey him. When we trust and obey, all the promises of God are available to us. They're all available to us. So I'm going to just finish actually ask, answering that question. How does God see me? <laughs> Firstly, I, I, I want to say, it, it, at one level, it's a, it's, a, it's a simple question to answer. God sees you as the most delightful, pleasurable, wonderful point of everything that he created. He delights when he sees us. He absolutely delights when he looks upon us as his creation. You are seen as honorable and given responsibility to care for this world. That's how God sees you. The psalmist says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? And then he says this, yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything and made you made and put in all things under their authority the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean, currents. God sees you as honorable. God sees you as having, having responsibility to actually care for the world he's created. God also sees you as wonderful and he knows you personally. That might sound really obvious, but I'm going to state it. He sees you as wonderful and you are known personally. Just the same as your circumstances are known to him personally. He's not distant. He says, thank, the psalmist says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And lastly, you're, you're, you are seen as being so loved. You're loved more than you can think possible. So loved that actually he, God sent his son to die for us. That's how much he loved us. It's a very, you know, we know the verse. You know, this is how we know how much God loves us, that he sent his only son to die for us. That's how you're seen. And throughout this week, we want you to remember that despite the hurts of life you're facing, 
whatever that might look like for you. God has promises over your life, which he wants to fulfill. God will speak to you throughout this week about some of those situations you're facing. He will turn up even when you least expect it and he will speak to you. Whether you're at your campsite, whether you're in your tent at night get, trying to get to sleep, whether you're walking from one venue or location to another, whether you're in the creative prayer space, whether you're in the big top, God will speak to you and just wants you to be open to hear what he's got to say. When he speaks, respond with obedience. Respond with trust so that those promises can be fulfilled in your life. Respond with trust and obedience. And remember that he's actually in the process of making things new for you. All the time. Restoring areas in your life which may be broken. Restoring areas in your life where you might feel really confused about. He wants to address those things for you. Making things new. Okay, I'm not sure where you are at right now in your life in terms of some of the things you're facing. You know, we, we'd have no idea. We don't know what, what hurts you're facing in life right now. We also don't know what hurts you've faced in life pre this event and in weeks and maybe months and even years that have gone by. But what we do know is that God, this week, whilst you're here and going forward, really wants to speak to you, really wants to help you lay hold of his goodness despite what you face. And just in your heart now, I just really encourage you, just to, just considering where you are and what you're experiencing at the moment or what you've experienced in the past, just to, just in your heart, just say to God, you know, God, I, I want to grow in my ability to trust you. I want to grow in my understanding of your good character, your compassion, your love, your faithfulness to me. I this week really want to know more of your spirit at work in my life. So that you can help me to be obedient. So that the promises that you have for me can be fulfilled. Good promises, good plans, good purposes. Just where you are, just, just say that to God. I'm, I want that this week, Father. You can call him father. He loves that. <laughs> he is your father. This week, father, I want all of what you have for me. I'm ready. I'm open to you. Would you speak in the unexpected moments? Would you fill my heart with faith so that I can trust you and obey you? And would you bring healing? Would you bring 
restoration. Would you take that which is broken and fix it? Heal my heart. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to, I'm just going to invite, if there's any of you that, <laughs> if there are any of you that would, that would really find it helpful just to have someone just pray with you even at the start of this week before we even go any further with any of the, 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 the seminars if it would really benefit you just to have someone with a, a red cap just get alongside you and just encourage you and pray with you guys just keep your eyes closed where you are it's fine I'm just going to give you an opportunity to to have someone come and do that just at the start of this week. Well, just just put your hand up. Just say, actually, I'm I'm I'd like someone to just maybe pray with me. There's a young lady to the right there and a young man here. Red caps. If you can just go to anybody who's raising their hand, that'll be really helpful. Because the reality is there there will be many potentially that are, that are facing some stuff or just want to be really open to God this week in light of what you've heard and what you feel has been stirred in your heart are there any more of you that would just really find it helpful to have a red cap just come alongside you and just pray with you as we start this seminar stream for this week just put your hand up so they can see you Okay, well what we're going to do throughout this week, we are going to give opportunity at the end of each of our meetings for, for people to, to have someone pray with them or to, to speak through stuff that's on their heart. And we're going to do that throughout. So there'll be plenty of other opportunities. But if you, if you know personally that you have got some stuff that's going on, we encourage you to come back, just hear what God might have to say to you. Again, use the creative prayer space to come and just get some time on your own amongst the business and excitement of the week. We really, really encourage that. It's important. We live in, a, in, a, in, a, in an age of multiple distractions. And probably the discipline of just getting some quiet time isn't as practiced as it could be. So we'd really encourage you to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the meeting to a close. And I um, want to thank you for coming. And we... Hope to see you again tomorrow. We've got Katie speaking tomorrow. Katie Lingard, she's going to be speaking on mistreatment and bullying. And it will be good.